worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, a podcast where we love to talk about all things, everything, especially news about comics, books, toys, Legos, video games, TV shows, anything and everything. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. Did you know it was National Take a Nap Day today? Did you partake? I did. I finished work and I had a nap. <laughs> and I wish I could do that. That's why I woke up and I'm like, holy crap, I got to get my computer booted up. I got to reconfigure my space for the podcast because, oh, man, did it ever kick in hard with that time change? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about the time change. Man, yeah, yep. so technically it's, what, 7.30 now. Yeah, that sounds about right. Old man Phil getting yep. his old man nap. Oh, big time. You know, that that's why Tyler's not here this week. He just couldn't handle the time change. Well, remember, he's already an hour theory. ahead, right? So, like, <laughs> exactly. where he lives. Uh, so, we're yeah, we're recording just... at midnight. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Must be for him. All right. It is just Phil and I this week. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to be talking mainly TV shows. Because there was a little little known show. I don't know if you've heard about it, everyone. Uh, it's called The Last of Us. They had their finale last night. We're going to be talking about that. And then we have a very, very interesting episode of The Mandalorian to talk about. Because I am seeing reactions from all over the place on this one. And you and I really haven't talked about it unless, you know, we just briefly had a couple messages and then we cut yeah. it short because again you know we we like to discuss stuff fresh uh for this show tyler i know you're not listening but get better uh hopefully he'll be back next week but i know you know everyone knows he's been uh, still you know having his up days and his down days with his chest and everything uh so hopefully he uh feels a little better but uh phil how are you especially after said nap um said nap was filled with all kinds of disturbing imagery because before i had said nap uh the work day was grinding down and so on a screen in my workspace which is also where i'm sitting at and talking to you from i had tuned it to the remainder of the last of us that i had so i had some really bizarre dreams because one thing that i've noticed in life is Nap modes have probably the highest incident of drivable dreams because you're not in that deep REM kind of sleep. Right. So therefore, you're kind of having a conscious dream in a way because 
you can influence them with your rational mind. But then your dream becomes a little bit of an argument, I find, yeah. where it's like rational mind is trying to say, no, don't do that. And irrational mind is going, well, if you don't do that, then I'm going to do this. Exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. Wow. Right. It's just uh, that's how she blows. Right. Like, I, oh, here's the thing, though. Also, um, I, I you know me. Right. Like, I'm not a huge yep. fan of of taking any medication. Right. Like for me to take medication, yeah. I have to really feel like shit, um, especially sleeping pills. Not a fan of sleeping pills uh, for many reasons. I think they're very addictive. I think that uh, they can really fuck you up, especially if you're not sleeping properly, right? So mm -hmm. having said that, to my point, uh, my sleep's been really, really bad the past few weeks. Just a lot going on, super busy, um, you know, and then, and then you know, when banks start collapsing, that keeps you up at night, yeah. literally, right? Especially the what we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but over the past few weeks, I've just been getting really shit sleep to the point where, like, I would be up 48 hours straight, right? And I'm like, okay, I can't do this. I, I wow. Something needs to give, right? Or else I will literally start going insane. Anyways, short story long. I started taking through the recommendation of my friend, uh, Jane. She, she, she brought up the fact that, uh, hey, you should try the, you know, the, the sleeping pills, the Walmart brand. Let me fucking tell you this. Like, literally, oh, the Walmart brand. Let me fucking tell you this, my friend. The dreams that I get off of these Walmart brand sleeping <laughs> pills gets up with the craziest shit you've ever dreamt of. It's absolutely insane. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, well, that's when you got to start a dream journal. <laughs> Yeah, I do. it's called it's I'll called bet, all my podcasts <laughs> oh gosh because i'll bet if you're like me and i don't know if anybody can relate to this but i can wake up from a dream and remember every single detail that seems important to me and like five minutes later i'm like what was i dreaming about again right? it's I'm just the same way gone yep. so that's why i say the dream journal buddy <laughs> you right? can just it's crazy scribble it all out that's crazy sometimes man um but luckily, like, I'm, I'm starting to slowly get back on a good sleeping pattern. Good for me, right? Good for me. Yeah, uh, healthy. Which I don't recommend anyone to have a sleeping pattern like me. Like, honestly, sometimes I don't know how I function. I ask myself the same thing from time to time. <laughs> right? I know what you're like. I see you because sometimes I'm, like, something stupid I did on Saturday night, for example, was... I've got a friend who has that Plex server. He's collecting movies. Um, Not to say that I watch this one off of it, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I watch that one uh, man named Otto or man called Otto. Man called Otto. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, with Tom Hanks. Like a, like a loner. Come, it's like, a, yeah, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect because the... The ads, the trailer for it made it look semi okay. Like it's just exactly that. Like grumpy old men, except there's only one of them. I could have told you. You know what I mean? Like that at all. But sure. How, yeah, but how I, did that I had go? watched I watched the previews a long time ago. I just knew that the movie looked kind of interesting because Tom Hanks. And oh my goodness, did that ever just emotionally destroy me? Yep. Because of the amount of of intense stuff in it now 
I related hard and I went like really deep on relating to this older dude and thinking of him just like my dad. And then <clears throat> that was the downfall for me because oh, yeah. then the guy has the struggles with himself and starts coming to these inevitable conclusions that are really, really overpoweringly emotional to watch, especially if you've had people in your life who have attempted to take their own lives. So I would recommend uh, two things. Be prepared if you do want to watch that movie. But secondly, if you're having those types of thoughts, I know you and I talk about this in terms of like the mental health things that go on and in even in our own worlds. If you feel you need to talk to somebody, reach out. Because, yeah, that at the end of the day, that was what I got out of all this. Yeah. So, but man. I even put off the second half of the movie until the next day. Right. And I watched it then and I, I thought I had no more emotion left in me. And apparently I do, but these are the types of things that I'll go to Boris at one in the morning and say, so. I started watching this. Yeah. I started watching this and Oh my God. And normally Boris will be like, Oh man, don't do that. Like, like within three minutes <laughs> now, Luckily, Saturday night, you seem to be sleeping, which I I no. took as a very good sign. Oh, God, no. No, 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 oh, no, no. So I have my signal open. We use signal to communicate because, uh, uh, you know, in quoting and uh, many reasons. Uh, so let me see this. Sunday, 1.15 a.m. Oh, geez. A man called Otto. Fuck. No. <laughs> Um, I didn't, it's funny, like, so yesterday I had a very busy day, I'll talk about that, and I actually didn't respond to Phil until Sunday night, like, at 11.30, and I'm like, holy shit, it's a clusterfuck, uh, so that's that. Now, I was out on Saturday, um, yeah, it was just, it was, just, it was a Boris <laughs> night, it was a Boris <laughs> night, need I say more? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I was out with my friend actually, the, the aforementioned Jane, and uh, yeah, we it was just it was just yeah, it was a shit show. It was a shit show. I did not even <laughs> attempt to go to the TFC game because I was nice and warm and happy yep. and snuggly, and you know, it was, it was having a great time. Didn't want to deal with the crowds. Didn't want to deal with all the security. Didn't want to deal with the fucking cold because you know. How 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 was it? Like it was still somewhat snowing a little bit, and like minus holy fuck. Uh, I didn't go, but yeah, it was it was cold as hell, and but we did miss just to anna anecdote this. We did miss one interesting thing, and that is TFC used drones to do displays in yes. the sky. And they didn't realize that the coldness of the weather would affect the batteries. So the drones started falling on the crowd. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so apparently it was just like you'd see this light just come down on the north stand. <laughs> like, <laughs> my God. Oh, I love that. I love the smartness of that corporation sometimes. It's not only them. Apparently it's all drone operators because most of them work People out of the States. And when forget. they get a contract up here, they come up here. And they have no idea how cold it gets. <laughs> and I think people legitimately do forget that, hey, cold weather, your battery drains a lot quicker, right? Like, I, I don't think people, I don't think people realize that, right? Like, I think there's you a reason why you in minus, a car. <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly. You know, well, that's a whole other discussion that we should have one day. Uh, but even your cell phone, right? You take out your cell phone in the winter, it's going to drain a lot faster than any other time of year, which is why you should keep not take it out when it's in the blistering cold. I remember once I, I was using a test phone. This was when I was still working at BlackBerry. Um, and those batteries were a shit show half the time. Uh, just like yeah. the test phones, not Blackberries. Blackberries had great batteries. Uh, but the test phones, uh, the, the beta phones, or whatever you want to call them. I remember ones, full battery, 100%. It was snowing. It was shitty weather. Take out my phone, turned off. Went from 100 to zero in like five minutes. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. That's why I always carry two phones back then because I had to carry the test phone, but 99% of the time there was an issue with it. Uh, you know, I couldn't send messages <laughs> or something, right? So I always needed to carry a second phone. Anyways, back to what we're talking about. So, yeah, Saturday I was busy, didn't go to the TFC game. Clearly, you didn't go to the TFC game. Um, you, yeah, tons to talk about there. You know, I cannot wait for you and I oh. and Chris Keem to have that discussion about this Apple Plus deal. Oh, 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 I was fit to be tied Saturday night with Apple TV Plus. Oh, and I like them. Right. Oh, right. Parlay vous français. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah. What what else was going on, man? Yeah, so yeah, this weekend was a tough one just because seeing the news of everything that was going on south of the border with the two banks that uh, closed. Again, we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, but that kind of just had me completely concerned because I know it's a fact that some of my customers use said banks. That's all I'm going to say. So you just never know what's going to happen. No one really knew what was going to happen until Sunday morning when they kind of said, you know, hey, y- you all should be good. But really, until this morning, you didn't know what we were going to wake up to. Uh, so, yep. you know, we'll, yeah, it was uh, crazy. So, yeah, that was my weekend nutshell. Uh, yesterday just had a lot to, on the go. So I'm like, you know, sometimes I disappear, and it's it's more mental health break than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's what I always assume because I know you're not going to bite off on something at 1.30 in the morning if you've got something else going on or you just feel you can't do it. But it just makes me laugh because normally those messages are read. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, come on. Like, I know, right? It's sleep, funny because please. you send them just for the sake of sending them, right? You don't actually expect the response or anything at that time. No, no, not at all. I'm just I'm just making conversation for whatever you get to it. And yeah, just like our shrinking conversations. <laughs> I usually yeah. take notes like one liners from the show that just really snapped with me <laughs> and send them to Boris and then see if he figures out what I'm talking about, oh, yeah. which I know he does. Oh, most know? more often than not. Uh my favorite yeah, one was that's... from uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh the, the 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 what was it? Uh calling my vagina Florida, never call my vagina Florida. Yeah. Never fucking call my vagina Florida. <laughs> yeah, you can call my vagina any state you want. But you do not fucking call it Florida. Yep. Well, this week was much tamer. I liked that's good stick. Yeah. <laughs> Ford did that in the opening, and I was just like, the context with the fun dip and everything, I was like, oh, goodness. And then later on, Jason Seagal, I'd be here quicker if I didn't have to stop at three gas stations to get fun dip for you because apparently my boss now likes stick. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, and again, that's just I love that because it's a joke from two weeks ago, right? Like, uh, that show is so well written. Again, I'm so happy that it was announced. As the finale was coming out, uh, that it got renewed for a second season. I'm, re- I'm really happy for for everyone. Yeah, you know, because everyone did such a fantastic job on that show. Yep i I have had very positive feedback from my friend group um, about it, about those that I've shared it with, and I'm so excited to see a season two. And yeah, I I I just I, like. We're living in a world right now where we're going to get two more episodes of Shrinking. And we're going to be watching Ted Lasso season three this week. Like in the next two weeks, it's double duty of of amazing. Wait, happy shows. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that. That's the thing. I love the overlap that Apple planned as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. Shrinking is is has got 10 seasons in in or 10 episodes in the season. That was episode 8, I believe, on Friday. Yeah. So, yeah. It it's a great place. It it really is because I love that overlap. It's the same with Star Wars. You know, getting double duty with Mandalorian and the Bad Batch for me is I know we don't talk about the Bad Batch, but this week's episode was pretty darn good. We can talk it was, about it. Um, we can always talk about it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, okay. Uh, we'll talk about it as we lead into the Mandalorian because I feel like I feel like the timing was good on those episodes. Uh, really, really enjoyed them. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we got Ted Lasso coming up this Wednesday, my friend. Yep. I am so looking forward to this. It's. I just love the content and the style. I. I hope that, unfortunately, um, to go to a point that I will be making with Mandalorian, I hope they don't change the writing format. Right? Like, I hope that they keep the goodness good. Um, yeah. Not that I don't like change, but change can be difficult sometimes. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've, I've noticed and I will bring up in more detail. Uh, something else that I did watch this week was everything everywhere all at once because yeah. I wanted to beat the Academy Awards because I just had this feeling this movie is going to be blown up. I've seen it briefly before, like a movie that was on in the background, but I actually bought the 4K Blu-ray this weekend because it was on for 20 bucks on Amazon. So I thought, well, with that discount, I don't know, maybe this shoots north when it wins Best Picture. So I was just like... Yeah, that was a fun movie, and it was touching, too. It had a good message. Yeah, right? Like, I just loved, like, it was such a well-thought-of movie, right? Like, every life decision comes together yep. at some point, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to give away too much. But I was actually having this conversation with Matt on BAM Weekly uh, earlier today, um, and that's, you know, I know some people who started the movie but were so lost in that first hour that they gave up on it, and that was it. It's like, no. That's no. that, like everything, everywhere, all at once. That is a movie that you need to actually watch it through to fully understand what's going on, get the message, and by God, that movie can make you tear up. It can, and as well, um, it probably does a better job at explaining the metaverse than Marvel has, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or the the you know the multiverse. Uh, it's done a better job at explaining a lot of stuff, and I thought, you know what, you're right. You can lose your self in the first hour of that film 
But I thought that's where it was really important that the pacing of it was just getting more and more absurd, right? The more they were in the IRS office, the crazier things got. And then at that point, I was like, I really want to stick with this to see what's going on. You know, when she's fighting her daughter and the daughter's pulling out big floppy dildos, I'm like, I'm all in now. Like, <laughs> this is this is crazy. This is just nutty TV. This is like Saints Row, whatever version that I was playing. And my friends and I are batting each other with giant dildos. And I'm like, this is video gaming. <laughs> right well, here. but that's that's literally what I mean, right? Like you need to watch the full thing to appreciate it well, right? Uh, yeah, and, and really appreciate like what is what's going on. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying is that that pacing was great for just getting more and more absurd to draw you in while it explains itself. And yeah, anyhow, I I just congratulations to to the people who made that movie because. Yeah, just, yeah, bloody incredible. Yes. Oh, fantastic movie. We'll talk a little bit about it. You know what? Let's talk about that right now while we're going through things. Let's talk about the Academy Awards. I'm not a huge fan of the Academy Awards for many reasons, right? But it's pop culture. It's something to talk about. Gives us something to talk about. Yep. Uh, brings up some very good debates, right? Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, start here. Uh, best visual effects went to Avatar The Way of the Water. They beat out Top Gun Maverick, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Batman, and All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't think it's on anyone. I don't think it's a huge surprise that uh, James Cameron was going to get that one. Just because, yeah. you know, the Academy. We have to remember the way that the Academy is, right? A bunch of old people voting for stuff. There's that. And I think out of all those movies. I think that the visual effects are probably the most, I don't know, um, impactful. Like it, it, it's a big part of that movie. Well, and I know that it's not a measure. I know that this award isn't a measure of how much or how CGI good. was in it or how good or how Here's good. the thing, right? Oh, I think the second mm. part that a lot of people need to remember about the Academy Awards is the fact that a lot of it is how your movie is marketed. To the Academy. Yeah, that's true. Now, I haven't seen Quiet on the Western Front. I know your nephew is all about that movie. He loved I saw it, yeah. his Instagram thing today. So I'm going to go and give that a try. I think it's on Netflix. It is. It's, so it is. I'm I'm going to go and, and give that a shot because, heck, uh, who hasn't heard that title, right? Like, that's a famous book. So Yeah, a very famous book. Three movies. You know, you have one in the 30s, you had one after that, and you got this yeah. new one, right? Like, And I've seen them all, yeah. read the book, loved every version, every iteration of this. Uh, this one had probably the most changes from the book, but it was very good. I really did like it. Um, and by the way, that was like my week, our weekly shout out to Alex. Yeah, yeah, we have to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to reply one. to him on, on Insta. <laughs> I know, right? Here's one that I was a little perturbed about. Best sound. So Top Gun Maverick won. They beat out All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of the Water, Elvis, and The Batman. Here's my issue with this. Best sound. Mm. You know what an F-45 is going to sound like or whatever. They, whatever plane they're using. <laughs> I don't care. 
right? You know, you know where I'm going with this, right? You know what Maybe. that's going to sound like. You, yeah, but no. you know, in the Batman or Avatar, they literally had to create sound effects. They literally had to make things up because even something like the Batman, there's no such thing as a Batmobile. You can assume and make assumptions on what the Batmobile is going to sound like, but people had to engineer that sound to put it all together to make it sound like something. Um, you know, even in the fight scenes of the Batman, you know, it just wasn't one guy yeah. slapping meat. They added bass, they added oomph to kind of get a new sounding punch to it. Everyone knows that scene from the uh, yep. from the trailers, Baseball right? bats and cabbage, baby. Yeah, so <laughs> this is my issue, right? Like, I feel like Top Gun Maverick 1 just... Because a bunch of old people wanted to give Tom Cruise kudos. Because remember, Phil, Tom Cruise saved films. Yeah, it I hate. Kind of I feels like that. hate that 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 message that's been going around. Like, look, it was the first movie that did really well at the box office post pandemic. There's no doubt about that. But I hate the assumption that it saved film. Because it's an inevitability that we're going to go back to the theaters en masse. There's going to be a spectacle that's so bright that we can't keep away, i.e. like an Avatar 2, right? Like, or you know, that type of thing that's just we've heard about it for 10 years. It's finally in the theaters. Disney has it. It's going to be a ride at Disney. It's going to be this thing. I'm not saying that Disney should win it, but... I'm just saying Top Gun seems to be, in my opinion, for most Academy Award categories, the lame duck. The story was Star Wars and just expanding on characters from the first movie. It was pretty much essential. You had to watch the first movie for it to make sense. And I don't know about Avatar 2. I don't know. Maybe you need to see the first movie. Here's... Right. But for sound, that's something that, like you say, it should go to creativity. Right. Not to... Okay. Before we continue with categories, here's the thing that makes me laugh. And this is and, and it's kind of like a catch 22 because as much as I don't think, like you said, Disney deserved it or would have deserved it or Disney could have saved cinema because they could have if they had the balls to wait on some of the movies that they released. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Like. A lot of this stuff was the industry doubting itself or being in a hurry to get its content out. Like, look at, again, it's a sidestep, but you look at what Iger's doing versus JPEG. Like, some of the news headlines out this week are, we're going to cut down on Marvel movies. Like, my God. This is, it, it's the speed of which everything's coming out right now is escaping quality control. That's the takeaway that the fans have. That's the impression. In my you opinion. know what's funny? And I'm gonna put on my Tyler hat right Tyler hat right now. I feel like uh, Iger is literally contradicting the manual that he left Chapek. He left Chapek a manual. He essentially told Chapek what to do. It failed, and Iger now swoops right in and looks like the savior of Disney. Well, I think cynically, you're right. Um, but all the skerfuffle that I've heard out of that whole exchange was that JPEG had his own idea how he wanted to do things. And again, like we discussed, JPEG's manner 
around dealing with an issue is miles different than Iger's, but I think they both get the same thing done, which is kind of funny. But the Scarlett Johansson issue is my front and central. Yeah. Iger would have taken her out to dinner and gotten everything sorted out for Black Widow on, to release on Disney+. Plus. And Chapek decided to take her to court and say that she's got enough money. Like, what? And guess who lost? Yeah. You know, it was Chapek. He had to take the, the bone on that one. And I just think that in both cases, Scarlett Johansson got paid. In both cases, it released on Disney+. Plus. It was the optics. Like, both achieved the same thing. But one could have been frictionless. Mm-hmm and confidential and the other one had to play out in public well, and the that optics. damages the brand that yep. damages the optics on well, JPEG, which makes the shareholders uncomfortable which makes them go we want Iger to come back and do the dirty work again well remember also right disney is is uh disney is the company that is the evil corporation but they have somehow been able to hide that fact, right? And I think that yeah. JPEG kind of, to your point, Phil, um, you know, JPEG kind of made it known how evil Disney can be. He showed the hand. Well, and how 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 cynical the business is. It's all it really is all about the profits. But when we're watching twenty three Avengers movies in these phases, we're doing it because we're excited for the Avengers. We're excited to see Thanos get defeated. Then we realize, holy crap, I've been supporting this for a really long time, and I have 23 Blu-rays in my shelf. On top Blu-rays, of 23 tickets. An ex-wife, few ex-girlfriends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Then yeah. you realize the totality of it, because you're like, I can't even fit the collection on a shelf at this point. I can fit Star Wars on a shelf for now. And for now, exactly. Uh, but that that was the thing, right? Now I'm seeing it in the 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 Star Wars stuff as well, and the quality isn't always there. And I'm not saying that I'm unhappy with that. I am saying that they have to be more careful with yes, it. and that's I do like it when but, Iger comes out with statements like he said this week. But that's but that's the thing. Phil, proof right is in the there. Pudding. It's being selective. There, in this corporate world, there always needs to be that that uh, uh, devil's advocate to say, "Are we sure we need that mm. fifth movie this year? Are we sure we need that extra Disney Plus show this year? Are we sure that we want to be releasing this right now to to create this insane calendar for people?" Yep, and and you know. I've heard whispers and rumors, just like we've heard Aquaman 2 is a terrible mess for DC. I've heard whispers and rumors that the Marvels is a trash heap of a film. <laughs> so... No, look, that one, I don't know. When it comes to the Marvels, I'm very careful about what people are saying. Because... That's true, because people have agendas. Yes, especially right. okay. one of the main sites, one of the main YouTube channels that I know that we both watch, right? Like... Uh, that person, when it comes to wokeism, has something very much against the Marvels and Brie Larson. Yeah, and, and I would agree with your assertion there. I'd want to see it, but let's just face yeah. it. Ant-Man 3 wasn't exactly anything 
spectacular. Yeah, but I don't for look, fans, mm. but quality's waning a little bit. It's worrisome. I don't know what people the were DC expecting guys are Ant-Man. feeling confident. Yeah, they shouldn't. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know what people expected from Ant Man. Really, I think that's yeah. part of the problem, right? I think people need to set their expectations again. Uh, but that, but that's on Disney at this point. That is solely yeah. on Disney. It's kind of like those people who bought Gotham Knights, thinking that it was going to be like an Arkham game. No, you just bought an action RPG, bitches. Yep, and that got fixed this week, or, you know, recently. It's funny, you know, the yeah. last, fi- uh, I don't know, you didn't play before it got fixed. Uh, so, literally, the day <laughs> that I beat the game was one of their biggest updates when they actually added support for the PS5 controller. And I'm like, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Like, I just, like, the rum- like, like, the rumble things I didn't are have great any on of the that. PS5. Didn't have any of that when I played. Yeah, it uh, it seems to be largely stable. I I have no issues with it. The sounds powerful. I'm like, yeah, just sorry. I've distracted us from our our. Oh, our I was Oscar literally going to say a classic Boris and Phil. How about we get yeah. back to the Academy Awards, the 95th Academy yeah. Awards, best film editing, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. If that didn't win, I would have been shocked, angry, and upset. <laughs> Yep, there's a lot of fast cuts in that movie. <laughs> That's what I mean, right? Oh my god! Especially as the movie goes on, they're like just, yes. the editing is spectacular. Whoever sat down, okay, and again, this leads me into um, best director, right? Like to to think of needing X Y Z shots, right? Uh, this yeah. goes out to the Daniels. Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Shiner winning the best director for everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm shocked, like that. That I like. I didn't even think that this would win, and I don't know why. Uh, but again, once they went editing, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, the the forethought of making sure that you have that shot, making sure that it makes sense, making sure that you know it, it, it can all gel together. It's like you know, for us amateurs who make 30 second videos right (laughs) for youtube not porn youtube um it just you know i think you really start appreciating the vision that some of these actual directors have right and i know like i'm i'm putting this like so minor but you know what i mean yeah well you know like these guys are apparently they did music videos before yeah. Like they, they're not even classical. Uh, I don't know what their degree of classical training for a, a director, but they're, they're doing these hot takes. They're doing these videos and they're able to envision what kind of the breadth of everything that they need and then edit it together and get it like, yeah, like you say, I'm sitting there at the end watching all these timelines collide or all these these people's timelines collide. And understanding what's going on. And that's a feat. That's an accomplishment. So congrats to them. Well deserved. Best animated feature goes out to our boy Guillermo del Toro. And yep. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Beating out Turning Red. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Puss in Boots. And the Sea Beast. Yeah, I think if Turning Red won it, then you'd have a big argument for Puss in Boots could have won it. But I think... Pinocchio 
this this was uh, an achievement. It really was what he did with that medium and that movie because it's that Guillermo, was stop motion. It's also Guillermo del Toro. He's got his friends in the yeah. academy, right? Yeah. Like, there's well, always he's, that. He's had aspect. success, yes. Yes. Yeah. He's Best had su- success, but it was good if you haven't watched it. And there's even a How They Did It show on Netflix. Best Supporting Actress. Jamie Lee Curtis finally got her award for everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, beating out Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of uh, Inishin, uh Hong Chao for The Whale, and Stephanie Sue for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, two candidates in there. Yep. Congrats to her, you know. Man, oh man, when I was a kid, I was a Jamie Lee Curtis fan. True lies. Need I say more? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that or a fish called Wanda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of low cut tops in that. Speaking of 20 second uh, YouTube shorts, uh, best supporting actor, um, Kehue Kwan for everything, everywhere, all at once, beating up Brendan Gleason uh, from the Banshee of Inner Sheeran, uh, Brian Tyree Henry from the Ca- from Causeway, Barry Cogan from the Banshees of Inner Sheeran, and Jude Hirsch from the Fablemans. And when you watch his acceptance speech, if you oh. don't cry, you don't have a soul. <laughs> Honestly, here's the thing. Harrison Ford... Around the time that 2015, 14, 15, 16, around the time that Star Wars came out, Harrison Ford wasn't all there. Yeah. Right? But he seems a lot more there now than he has in a really long time. He's There's something that's happened where the wall has come down because he lets a lot more through. And I think that's why I like shrinking so much, too. It's because it's a whole new angle on on Harrison Ford. It's Harrison Ford like you've never seen him before. And I feel like this is the way if Harrison Ford was my granddad, I feel like this is what he would be like. Like, I don't think the character is far off of who the man is. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I think that's that's part of it, right? It's kind of like uh, Jack Nicholson as he got older, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's just such a cool thing to see. You know, there was moments last night where I was just overwhelmed. Um, this was one of them, and the one at the end of the Oscars with seeing the two of them, and yeah, just. It, you know, there are times when these award shows can be a labor to watch. I don't really want to watch it on that Sunday night or anything, but I realized we're probably going to need to talk about it. And sometimes you just got to put yourself through it. And I don't know. I had a smile on my face for a lot of last night, just seeing everything everywhere all at once, getting a little bit of recognition. Mm-hmm. Best original song. Actually surprised this didn't go to Rihanna for Lift Me Up. Uh, went to Not To, Not To. Uh, that one actually yep. surprised me just because, you know, Rihanna. It's Rihanna. But, again, the Academy. You never know how the Academy is going to vote. Best actor, uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Uh, mm, another, yeah. Oh, a little bit teary on that one. 
I just recently got it, obtained it. I think that's my uh, late night viewing for tonight. Nice. Um, I've got it. I haven't watched it. I don't know if I can. I'm I'm all cried out this week. (laughs) (laughs) Best actress. It's bad when you have to say that. Best actress. Michelle Yeoh wins for everything, everywhere, all at once. And then best picture, everything, everywhere, all at once, beating out Top Gun Maverick, women talking, triangle of sadness, all quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, the Banshees of Inner Sharon, the Fablesmen, Avatar, the Way of Water, and Tar. Yeah, that's a long list. So <laughs> but- what's amazing is this little movie that could... That came out April 1st, 2022. Predominantly people of color and Asian descent in this movie. Getting all this recognition. It's great to see. I really do. I really do like this. A24. Fantastic uh, uh, studio uh, to or or producer or um, sorry, uh, distributor. Uh, So really good. I had this conversation this morning with Matt, and he, he you know, I think he he was really going for, um, what was it? Uh, he was really going for the Banshees of... Oh, that looks like it might Sharon. be a good movie. Now, yeah. So he brought up a good point, and I kind of agree with him, but at the same time, he hasn't seen everything everywhere all at once. Um, and his point was, this is the Academy's way of kind of making it look like they're hip, like they're cool, like they're sorry for past years of being ignorant douches. Uh, there's an element to that, mm-hmm. but I don't think these... I, I think it's more so I frame it from this perspective. They're actually acknowledging that some of this alternative filmmaking ideas are good instead of just rewarding the same type of movie over and over again which they've done in the past and i know that's been associated with a race like white people and you know even exclusionary of females they're taking the baby steps are they taking the giant strides no but given all that's gone on man like that was a very innovative movie and it got the recognition so i'm happy for everybody involved and i'm actually going to go and conversely like watch another a24 production called after yang Mm -hmm. starring colin farrell yeah and a mixed race cast and it's kind of sci-fi ish it's kind of interesting but this studio has my attention a24 and yeah is actually sorry for cutting off a before no worry A24 is actually producing a wrestling movie called The Iron Claw based off of uh, the Von Erichs. Very famous family, very tragic story um, based off of the Von Erichs who were huge in the States, especially Texas. That's where they had their promotion. Uh, That's the Von Erichs going to be called The Iron Claw A24. Zach Efron, uh, he's going to be in it. He's going to be playing Kevin Von Erich. Jeremy Allen White, Lip. 
from Shameless is going to be in it. He's going to be playing mm. probably the most famous Von Erich, um, at least for people my age, because if you watched WWE, WWF at the time, you probably saw the Texas Tornado, and he's going to be playing Kerry Von Erich. Uh, like this this uh, cast is huge. This cast is crazy, and this being a, a, um, a 24 film, it's going to be big, to say the least. That's great. Uh, you know, studio, like I say, has my attention. I'm, I'm curious to see more from them. And, uh, you know, I think, I think one of the changes was, remember there was a, a couple years ago at the Academy, they gave it to a Korean film. Mm-hmm. Best picture. Oh, yeah. I forget the name of the movie now. It's a, sorry. It slipped my mind. That was a good movie too. Right. It's all about these people faking what they were doing and and being fraudulent to get things in parasite. life and get ahead. Yes, parasite, great movie. So I just think it signals that change where it's like, you know, and others other ways to tell a story, creative ways. Like my thing- friend texted me and he said, to him, everything, everywhere. That movie to him is going to be remembered like Pulp Fiction or Memento. It's just a game changer in how it's approaching filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be that that bookmark. Like, yeah, after that movie, we got a lot of movies that had similar type stuff. That's That was his point. Is like, it'll be studied as to what it was. Yeah, for sure. I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, I forgot what my point was going to be. I guess it really doesn't matter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Um... But, oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. One thing I do want to bring up is as we're talking about this, right, the Academy, whether they be writing some wrongs, whether they want to be showing that they're cool and hip, whether they're making small strides into into rectifying past issues and past problems uh, without actually admitting that they do have problems. Um, I don't want to take away from the work of anyone who won, right? Like Brendan yeah, Fraser that's and, the and The Whale. Thing. I don't want to take away a lot of people, and even I kind of insinuated this in my earlier podcast, where he kind of won because it's Hollywood's way and the Academy's way of saying mea culpa for you know treating you like shit for almost two decades, right? And I don't want to take yep. away from his performance. I don't want to take anything away from everything, everywhere, all at once because of what we're saying, right? It, it, they were fantastic yep. movies that needed and deserved to be recognized, so I'm happy that they are getting recognized. Yeah, really, at the end of the day, it's always going to be controversial picking one out of a group. It's to me, I look at the makeup of the group, right? Like how many different filmmakers or, you know, even in this case, I feel like a lot of the same films are represented, but those must be top of the crop, right? But I did see some diversiveness, which has been better than what they don't admit to before. So I don't know. I, I think some years are better than others for other groups. And, you know, that that's I'm really excited and happy for the people who did win. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. There's always going to be the ability to sit here and say, well, what about this movie and pick an X? And movies are subjective. One hundred percent. Right. I think that's that. That's what we all need to remember. How subjective movies are 
uh, you know, and I think just being in certain fandoms, you kind of get drenched and and are, and you see this more, right? Being in the wrestling fandom, being in yeah. the comic fandom, being a Star Wars fan. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm used to the blistering heat of the Star War. <laughs> yep. All right, let's quickly. Turn the turn, pay the page, and let's talk about what the hell is going on. Because, like I mentioned earlier, it was a very scary uh, weekend, right? So last mm-hmm. week, two banks essentially closed up. Uh, the first one, and probably the bigger one for me, uh, was Silicon Valley Bank. So all of this happened in just 48 hours. So here's a quick view. I took notes from a bunch of places, and I just want to give people a timeline on what the hell is going on. All right. So this is the collapse of the 16th largest lender in the United States, and it's the biggest bank failure since the Washington Mutual fell more than a decade ago. Here's the. Let's start with the good news. Uh, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that the Biden administration will not bail out the closed bank, but is working to help the depositors concerned about their money. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation insures deposits of up to $250,000 American. Um, But the way that this works is that it's per branch per account. Um, But here's the but. A lot of the companies... And the rich people who use this bank had more than that in their bank. So we'll be interesting to kind of see what happens. So here's kind of how things happen. March 8th, the bank sold $21 billion of securities from its portfolio. That's never a good sign. Um, The plan was to reinvest the proceeds. And this was going to generate an after-tax loss of $1.8 billion for the first quarter. They also announced offerings for $1.25 billion of its stock and $500 million of securities. So that was a big red flag. That was a huge red flag. Overnight, their shares plunged by 41%. It was the biggest decline since 1998. Uh, The slump in their shares came after they announced that it had sold all of the available for sale securities in its portfolio and updated its forecast for the year to include a sharper decline in net interest income. March 10th, a very prominent venture capitalist started saying, withdraw your money. This is when shit hit the fan. So this is March 10th. This is Friday morning afternoon. And what ended up happening was people were drawing more than the bank actually had. The the stocks were halted after a sharp sell-off in pre-market trading. So this is all in the morning. Uh, The stock was trading at $63.99 before the bell and was on course to open uh, in its lowest uh, number in over a decade. Uh, this is when the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said, and I quote, there are recent developments that concern a few banks that I am monitoring very closely. Later that day, in the afternoon, California regulator but shut Silicon Valley Bank and appointed the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation as receiver. So this was shut down by the government. Um, Shares of the bank were halted after tumbling 66% and a shit ton of uh, 
uh, withdrawals more than the bank actually had. Uh, so this is so this bank, the Silicon Valley Bank, this bank is essential for tech companies. This bank helps tech companies uh, get started up. They help start ups. They help with things like payroll. They help with loans. They help doing some of the corporate banking stuff that a startup needs. Uh, so this bank was essential to a lot of uh, Silicon Valley and general startups all around the world. Um, so this is a huge blow to the tech industry. I don't think people realize, you know, without startups around, you know, what's going to happen to... Are they, you know, are we going to be able to 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 invent? Are we going to be able to do new stuff? Are we going to be able to move forward? What's going to happen to the tech industry? And that's where a lot of people are really freaking out. As I mentioned earlier, and all I can really say is that a lot of my, not a lot, I had some customers who use this bank. So, it are you know, the big question was, are we getting paid for the work we've done? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Luckily, um, regular. Go ahead. It, it really. Oh, sorry. It, it it draws about the concern that for me, in that without this type of bank there, it just means that the Googles get bigger and the yep. Apples get bigger. If there's not people innovating and doing startups as easily, then it just means that the corporations start absorbing them or absorbing their ideas and or cannibalizing what remains out there that's that's basically on shaky financial financial ground and you know we're already fighting that with microsoft buying activision blizzard you know what i mean like we're already seeing the government start to put up the red flags on that kind of stuff for the ftc and whatnot and it's just interesting that this will probably cascade into more corporate issues mm -hmm. in the long run here's a couple quotes that really show stuff uh so on march 10th 2023 uh user another cohen uh tweeted this i don't think many people understand the level of chaos happening in tech right now this is just fucking insane separate quote every group chat slack and email chain i'm in is going crazy founders have no idea if they'll make payroll Investors have no idea which companies are impacted or if LP funds are safe. Employees don't have the slightest clue what's going on. So, you know, this this is huge. And it's yeah. to me it's crazy how you know how 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 secondary news this has been. Yeah, in a way. You know what? Like I, I turned on this morning and had CBC on and they cut live to Biden. So I knew that that this was ringing large but i think that there's this assumption in media especially in canada that we've got these huge huge banks and this can't happen here it so can, don't worry about it and it can it can but but it's a lot it, harder it's, it's a lot harder to have happen but it still doesn't stop these banks from operating within canada as as Silicon Valley Bank has offices in Toronto. They have had. offices had. They had offices in Europe. Obviously, uh, uh, the UK sold it for one British pound to HSBC to take it on and whatnot so today. Like in the UK, it was announced today global. that Barclays is actually closing more branches 
right? There's a there's a banking crisis happening, and you're seeing the ripple effect of something yeah. like a Silicon Valley bank closing, right, all across the world. Here in Canada, because we're Canadian, we're based in Canada, let's talk about how this affects Canada. Uh, the closure of Silicon Valley Bank, it plays a super different role here. It doesn't have a banking license and only provides venture debt locally. So, mm. unlike their American counterparts, Canadian um, companies likely won't have their funds with the bank. However, Canadian startups that have their U.S. banking with Silicon Valley Bank uh, or ostensibly Canadian companies that are legally uh, domiciled in the U.S. for tax purposes and use SVB will be impacted by the closure, basically saying... If these Canadian startups wanted to play the system and gamble by going and, and and opening up a branch in the States and using the States branch as their primary American branch of whatever, of, of, of banking, they got fucked, which yeah. a lot of Canadian companies do. A lot of Canadian companies have to have an American bank. So here's a fun thing. And I'm saying funny using air quotes. I wish we had mm-hmm. video. Is that a lo- some American companies refuse to pay you unless you use an American bank. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I honestly wouldn't be. Um, and I, I found it was interesting this morning as well, just a footnote on everything too, is that Biden specifically said people who invested in the bank will not be getting money from the government because that's how capitalism works was what he said. Mm. You know, they speculated and they lost. Now, so I was very, very positioned in the 2008. I was literally going to say this. collapse. The same person yes. didn't have that view in 2008. Yeah, that 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 is very true. Um, but I also saw it from the banker's side. And this is the part that I found personally discouraging was getting into an elevator and hearing a guy basically say we're getting bailout money from the Canadian government and then the guy's laughing and going what do you think the odds are that we're going to let it go through to the people they're intending it to exactly. or we could just take that money invest it for ourselves build up our own capital like the bank's capital and then pay it back interest free mm-hmm. to the government and that was their attitude. And as a person, I was defeated because yep. I'm like, that's supposed to be for regular people to approach you guys and to say, I want to do this or I need help with that and get that money that way and not be not have you be penalized. Like here's money from government, you know, pass it along. Pay it back. Pay it forward. Well, that's the issue when you just willy-nilly give bailouts without any conditions, right? Like here in Ontario, Mm -hmm. right? Let's let's take a look at what the federal government is doing uh, with uh, essentially, in my opinion, say what you want about my opinion at this point, but it's a bailout to the entire, every province's medical and, uh, uh, you know, system. You know, the federal government right yep. now is on the hook to give billions of dollars to the provinces because the provinces just mismanage funds like there's no tomorrow. I know that we had the pandemic, but, you know, here in Ontario, billions were given to Ontario and not billion, and we didn't use a cent um, for, for, yep. the, for, for the medical system. So now now it's on the federal government to bail out the provinces. 
But what I do like well, about the way that it's happening is that there are conditions because you know that if it was unconditional, you know, he, we would be seeing a lot more private uh, clinics here in Ontario. Ooh. So I'm liking that the they're finally putting yes. their foot down on on these le- and these on these loans. And I'm hoping that if there are bailouts or money given to banks and the banking system, it is with conditions because um, yeah, you're going to see exactly what you just described, because exactly what you just described is what happened throughout the world, especially in the States and in Canada. And what did the banks do? They doubled down on their dirty investments and their securities uh, from the mortgage, um, you know, and, 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 and crash. And they recreated yep. the exact same ones with a new name. Yep. It was, you know, I, I can't. It sounds too good to be true to be the fly on the wall overhearing that, but I can't overstate it that that is emphatically true. That was my experience. And you could literally see my heart being broken, like yeah. just about thinking it stuck with me it, and I, I, ta- I turned it, tossed and turned it. And I am, you know, going to say this personally as well about these clinics because you brought it up. But it's a sore spot for me. Yes. Um, because I've been using a clinic for certain health things and being charged, and they used a lot of intimidation and fear to justify those charges. Of course. And it's not right. And I was really happy last week when the government made the announcement that if that kind of crap is going on, it has to stop right now. And if the provinces are feeding those things, that money then the money's going to get clawed back. It's mm-hmm. not going to go. And that's so, the thing, right? I'm that's all for what they need to do in this conditional case. loans, conditional yes. bailouts. But what we saw in 2008 yep. and what we constantly see, is it just doesn't work because the people who actually need it, the quote-unquote trickle-down economics doesn't really trickle down. Anyways, that's our that's our chat. Um, yeah, so the tech industry. That's as political as we get. The whole point is that I'm trying to get here is that the tech industry is very iffy right now. I'm not, I don't want to say unstable. Yeah. But there are a no, lot of questions. But it's it's perched. Yes. On a precipice. All right. So let's talk about something. <laughs> let's change. talk. Let's get out of misery and get out of depression. Let's talk about The Last of Us. <laughs> End of the world, baby. All right. So here's some End good the news world. for The Last of Us. The Last of Us continues to bring in huge numbers for hbo last night's finale brought 75 percent more viewers than the season premiere episode 9 drew in 8.2 million viewers uh, for the sunday premiere which marks a 3.5 million increase over episode 1 which drew 4.7 million the last of us saw growth every single week across its nine episode run with the exception of episode five's 11.6 million it's impressive it's very impressive so i can't say enough good things about the show (laughs) i really can't it's i'm just sad it's over now it's as much as we're celebrating ted lasso um you know taking one for the team on this um yeah so (laughs) I don't want to get too too deep into it because uh, there was some uh, rock and rock and stuff in this episode, uh, but 
Yep. Let's just announce that we will be recording a Last of Us special uh, in the near, very, very, very near future. Where if you know, watch, listen to the episode and watch the episode because we'll be recording it uh, for video uh, when you've seen everything. Uh, but make sure to watch it because we're gonna go deep into things. We're not gonna break it down like we would other shows. But I, you know, I just want to have a more open and free talk without being too scared of uh, spoilers. But we're gonna contain. The spoilers to what we've only seen on screen on hbo i don't want to talk about video games and part yeah. two and stuff anyways so for the sake of this and for the sake of this conversation what did you think of the finale phil i was pretty happy with it i was a little bit disappointed seeing the runtime obviously more time in this world is better time um there were some things that were not ordered the way that I remembered them, but they worked well within this episode and what it was doing. Um, and as well, I thought it was jarring for me to hear Emily, uh, Ashley Johnson doing <sighs> like Ellie's voice from the video game. I know you said we we're not allowed to talk about the video game, but, but it's not a, it's not a giveaway. Just oh. her performance as Ellie's mom, was absolutely jarring for me because hearing her voice you spend so much time with that game with her as a protagonist and wow it just was just i don't know it was just a lot it hit hard yeah. no crying just hit hard that's all it was just like you know i have a huge voice. crush on ashley johnson like since her days on step by step basically just because like you know i've always kind of we're kind of the same age right so yeah yeah it's it's yeah she was she's i i've never seen her i've never consciously known knowingly seen her she's literally and, the only reason why i give critical role a chance oh i i see i don't even watch critical role that's so she's I, literally I, I the only reason I do. And when she, she sometimes she's like working on stuff a few years ago when she was working on The Last of Us Part Two, especially uh, she was gone for a few months. So I'm like not even mm. going near the show when she's gone. Wow. OK, I, I where do you check this show out? YouTube. YouTube. OK, I'll check it out. I'll go down that rabbit hole because I've heard so much about it. I know I've heard it talked about. So, yep obviously with with everything that went on with the wizards of the coast yep so exactly yeah so i'm curious well oh i did do one thing i want to point did this do out. one thing what did you do phil this is not related but it it brings a bell with us talking about critical role is that i got rid of my marvel unlimited subscription because i just wasn't using it and i did pick up a kindle unlimited subscription because i have an ebook device and I found out that, holy crap, Jim Zub has a whole ton of Dungeons & Dragons comics for free on yep. Kindle Unlimited. And the great thing is, is that I saw him tweet, and he gets paid for this stuff through the National Library Program. Yep. So it's essentially like renting the book from the library, and he gets compensated by the government. Yep. So Jim Zub, I that's where he really made his name. Yeah, I have guilt-free access to a lot of work by Jim Zub, and I'm excited by that. And the reason why he's we, been on the show. Exactly. We bring him up, friend of the show, 
essentially my neighbor in Toronto. Uh, so, you know, I try to support him whenever I can. Great writer, yep. even better person. Great views. One of the most open and honest uh, people in the industry. Yes, he's very knowledgeable and he's very good at sharing that knowledge, which is just a great combination. Yeah. He's not just brilliant. He's able to articulate how the brilliance works and how it can become a tool for you. And so, with his role as a teacher, you know, he's obviously yep, very interested that, in yep. in the next generation and making sure the next generation is as prepared, if not more prepared than he was. Yeah. And I, like I say, I just can't as as somebody who's talked with him on the show and whatnot and supported him in other projects and whatnot. I went hog wild crazy because I am reading on Kindle Unlimited the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book about the Ronin that you recommended and i didn't even realize this i was like oh man i gotta be getting to the end of this first issue or whatever the intervals are 218 bloody pages mm -hmm. this ain't this is not your your regular you know this is a good graphic like novel good turtles size. right now right i'm just like wow this is a substantial story yeah so what do you think? What do you think? Of I got to say, good, good on Kindle Unlimited for having this stuff for ten dollars a month. It, it actually, I was a little bit suspicious about the service, but now I'm like, whew! Oh, I'm loving, I'm loving Ronan. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out at this point which turtle he is. Um, my heart goes to Raphael because he's always been my my guy, my turtle. Um, but I know that that's controversial. But the only reason why that is is because Raphael came out uh, at the end of it being the one that was wearing the red bandana on the multicolored fiasco that is, you know, the mm -hmm. Nickelodeon TMNT, which I have a tough time with. The kid but understand. Yeah. 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 The, the cowabunga pizza dudes, you know, thing. Like, well, but that being said, I play Shredder's Revenge on Xbox. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I do. I do buy it to a degree. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm loving it. And thanks for the recommendation. I'm. I'm just. It's gonna take me a while to hack through. You know, yeah. even with the panels that just say "blap" and and "flump" and stuff. Well, so I find because it is Eastman and Laird, you want You you really want to take everything in. Yes, you want to take in like the art, and you also. It is refreshing. It does remind me of the original books in the sense that not a lot needs to be said, but the panel can still have really high impact. Yeah. Right? Like it, it's it's good. I'm 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 enjoying what I'm reading and yeah. what I'm experiencing. So it's been the first time that I've enjoyed a comic in a long time. Yeah. So and I am looking forward to, like I say, the Jim's Up Dungeons and Dragons and even downloaded the preview for Dungeons and Dragons Stranger Things by Jim Zub and even some of his Rick and Morty comics. So it's uh it's a good thing. You know, just support your local your local artists. Exactly. Um yeah, going back to Last of Us. So I really enjoyed it. I think that it was a really well done series and episode. And 
I know some people might be complaining about exactly how it ended and how fast everything felt, but I think that they did a good job mm-hmm. of translating the video game to the show, and it left us with the moral question, and with the, this isn't any spoilers, but did Joel do the right thing? We'll talk more on that on our Last of Us special, but I feel like they were able to really portray that moral question that you were left with after playing the video game the same way that, you know, here on the show, I should say. Yeah, well, and you have to remember, though, too, for everybody playing the video game and whatnot, you can spend an hour, two hours even, just doing frustrating levels, adjusting difficulty, trying to do the dog fights in the hospital, everything like that, trying to get Joel to where he needs to be. You don't need to do that in film in, in, in making a show, right? And that pacing, sure, I get it. There is there's a lot jammed into this episode, especially if you played the game. There's a lot. But, but it still follows I think it, it quite closely. Yeah, it does, man. Like I I was impressed with I want to go back and, and watch some of the video game and just see because I've seen some side by side comparisons and I'm absolutely blown away yep the order is a bit different but the impact's high what i like about it is that it did add more to ellie's backstory in a sense right because a lot of fan theories about her backstory were answered in the show again we'll talk more about that uh when we can get into apparently this was lifted out of the comic which a lot of people don't read right and there was a comic but episode six in the mall very similar yeah, seven, well, whatever, whichever it was uh the mall episode was the uh the that, expanded content the dlc yeah. well and yeah. but based off of the comic as well yes and that is part of that so it's Anyways. wow geeks we'll talk what are you gonna do? all things last of us in our special uh we'll try to get that this week yeah i'm excited for it so yeah. um and that means we're going to transition to Star Wars. All right, we're I'm going to I'm going to let you take the wheel on this one. Okay, I want to start with a little story, a non sequitur. Is this your Lego story? I have This is my Lego okay. story. Okay. I was I should have asked whether it was Star Wars related, but I assumed it, it was. Is. Okay. Yes, it is. If it's Lego, it's most likely Star Wars. So, interesting story about this. If you've built Lego, you know the dread when you open a box and you're missing pieces. Doesn't happen often, but I had a 501st battle pack. All right. My brother, a great guy, Gary, showers me with gifts on birthdays and and Christmas and things like that. And I have been a little bit greedy with this set. Therefore, I have about 10 of them. <laughs> and I got the new commander set that Lego just made in January or just started distributing in January, which comes with a whole bunch of extra pieces. So I pulled from my stockpile the top 501st Lego set because I wanted to build it and I haven't built one yet. I opened it up. It was sealed, like factory sealed. I open up the first bag like I normally do. I empty out the parts into my trays that I I'm OC about and I noticed something there's no minifigures in this battle pack oh my god 
And I open the second bag and I'm like, there's no minifigures. So I go and I'm like freaking out at this point. Like, did somebody tamper with the box and did Lego put all the minifigures in its own bag? And all somebody had to do was sneak into Walmart with a knife, open the thing and then retape it somehow afterwards or buy it, take it home, take the bag out that they didn't want, bring it back and say it's still sealed. That type of thing. I don't know what scammers do, but I was worried about that. So I opened it, oh, one, another one. And the minifigs are in the bags that are definitely sealed. So I'm like, what the heck do I do? It threw me. Right. So I called Lego last week. And I talked with a representative. Now, these 10 boxes have either been gifted to me or I have bought in the wild. Right. I don't have any receipt to show that these are legitimate purchases by me. The only parts that were in that box that were for a minifigure were for the battle droids. There was two arms to make one battle droid, but nothing else. There was no battle droid parts or anything. So anyhow. I talked with this nice guy uh, representative on the phone and they are shipping um, the parts for all of the minifigure clones and the battle droids to me via Denmark. Oh, wow. the factory in Denmark. Wow. And it's a retired set. It's retired. So whoa, what an experience though. Um, what a company. I got to say, as much as I dread Lego prices and especially Lego Star Wars prices, for those of you out there, you'll notice that a four plus set that had 60 pieces for Star Wars was $35 USD. And this week they announced that there is an Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark set that has 600 pieces and more minifigs than that other set. And it is Forty dollars. Wow. wow, that wow. just shows the the cost of that Star Wars logo, and just what Lego does on the bad side. But that being said, great customer experience. Yeah, I sure. gave plenty of good feedback, and that's not my first time having an experience like that. So good on them, <laughs> dude. That's crazy. That is crazy. <clears throat> I told the guy, I'm like, you have no reason to believe anything that I'm saying. And I get that. Like, I wouldn't believe this. I bought a minifig pack and there's no minifigs in it. Yeah. Send me more. Like, you know, like he's just apologizing left and right. I'm yeah. like, I happen to be a shameful adult that has many of these sets. <laughs> like, there's. Look, we talked about this a few weeks ago. There's no such thing as shameful adults because toys are essentially made for people between our ages. Yeah, I agree. But I still feel embarrassed when I'm talking to somebody. It's like when you call Amazon to complain about the replica mechanical glove. No, the replica mechanical Thanos glove <laughs> that came <laughs> That was actually made out of rubber shipped from China, right? It's that like, this, like, is it the Hasbro one? Oh, that like stunk. And she's just laughing at me. And she's like, 
I know, I know I should know better and I shouldn't be spending my money on this, but I am a geek. So, duh. She's just laughing at me. I know, right? So funny. (laughs) Anyhow, Star Wars. Star Wars. Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2. Chapter, what is this at this point? 19, 21? 18, 18, 18. 18. I don't even know at this point. 17 last week, 18 this week. (sighs) So, where do we start? Like, look. 13-year-old me was completely overwhelmed all right the the kid who always dreamt of seeing this stuff got to see it i don't know if it's watching the last of us i don't know if it was andor i don't know what changed doing this podcast it's this podcast i watched this episode and I thought the writing is awful. Like the writing is absolutely different. Put it that way. I won't say it was bad, awful. It was just different. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm accepting this change properly. So it's, it's, it's when he shows up at Pelimoto's place and he says, I'm looking for a droid. To go spelunking. That in other seasons of The Mandalorian was an entire episode. Yep. Okay. You need this unit. It'll do the job. But what I need you to do is go to this crime lord and do this job for me. Or go to this and do this because mama needs more money. And and then you'll be in my good books. Yep. Instead, it's just like, no. Just take this one. And then the next thing you know, he's flying away with it. And I'm like, and I'll even retrofit your N95 Starfighter. And, you know, just, oh, my gosh. I was just like, what the heck is going on here? Right. So now, that it's being funny said, because, like, when we, before you move on, before you move forward with this, yeah. when we were kind of getting idea of what this season was going to be about and he was going to go to Mandalore and blah 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 literally I thought where we are right now would lead us into three quarters of the season yeah exactly That's- so first season it's protect the child oh. that's the mission yeah second season is get them to a Jedi yep Looking for the fireflies, right? Okay, yeah. But last episode, here's Luke. Oh my god, shocker world erupts into Star Wars pandemonium. Third season, stated objective well, bathe in the minds of Mandalore. Season 2.5, we got you gotta bring up season, yeah. But you know what? But we should have known about the pacing. Based off yes. the two episodes from the book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett. That was the crack in the armor. Because it was like, get the child back. Instead of an entire season of get the child back, it was two episodes embedded into another series. And Luke, proving yet again, he is literally the worst teacher in all of galaxies far and near away. Well, he's just a farmer's kid. Come on. Well, he's like Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> right? Best in the world at playing sucks at teaching yep 
So, and here we are, second episode, and we've achieved that. So now it's positioned in an interesting way. There still is a very good path of redemption for me because now you can just, you have carte blanche to blow my mind. Go or, or do your Star Wars, he's Star Wars. There's a possibility or, this shit's the bed. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about right now. Right? Like, <laughs> where are they going to go with this? I don't this know. This, this. Okay. Let's oh. be honest, Phil. This is a good problem to have, right? Like, I don't want to sound like yeah. every single Star Wars fan because it didn't play out the way it did in my head. I'm angry now. No. No, I'm no. All about waiting and seeing where we're going at this point. But the pacing. Yeah. Has just been absolutely crazy. Like, even this episode, like how many round trips did did Grogu do to Mandalore? Oh, he did at least one, and then two. <laughs> did, uh, and then and oh, don't even get me started on that. It's not hate. It's just critical weirdness for me. Is just how easy everything was. Yes, and but the, I okay. guess. Like this that's is just Star making Wars. the story it's go right to feel like the Star Wars movies, even their cuts, even the yeah. jumps in times within their cuts and the edits, even yeah. how easy everything happens. It's really starting to feel like Star Wars again. Yeah, and I can't, like I say, I can't complain about it because it's always had that campy aspect. The Mandalorian has. It's just it's different. In that what? pacing, and I don't know if it's Dave Filoni is no, you off know what it is? on Ahsoka, think- and John is just. Ah! I think it's partial. Th- partially this. I think it's partially uh, that they want to go in a completely different direction, so they kind of want to wrap some stuff up. I also feel like this is falling into your typical Disney issue. Uh, your MCU issue where this is going to lead into someone else's story. Someone else being Ahsoka and Ezra and Thrawn. I think that's where we're going to be going very soon. Uh, And space whales and all that fun stuff. And I also think that we've been spoiled by the pacing and the storytelling and the grit and adultness of Andor. There's that. And as well, like, don't discount even though there was hokiness in the previous seasons of the Mandalorian, it had a more Western vibe. Yes. That Western vibe is starting to shake off. Well, cause the Western is done. Yeah. And it's starting to take on a new metamorphosis. I'm not saying that change is bad. I'm just noting that change is happening and it is difficult at moments because I liked the enemy crab robot eye thing. I liked a lot of, there was new boundaries being pushed. There were things I didn't care for Grogu with the flip, but I know that they took that right off of Yoda in, yeah. in episode two. Um, I just thought it was overused. Um, I did enjoy Bo-Katan. I did enjoy the, actual angle that they took with her being so cynical with Din about the Mandalorian traditions. And then you could see in 
Din's reverence for that tradition when he was stepping into the waters that her mind was being changed. She was thinking maybe Din's right about this. Mm-hmm. You could tell that she's starting to like, maybe this goes to the point where she joins the watch. You know what I mean? Like it's a possibility at this point. And I got to say the funny thing that I think a lot of people missed out on. Do you think the mythosaur pulled Din in? No. No, he just sunk to the bottom because he yeah. took his rocket pack off in the yeah. best car. That's what so I think. So she dove in because she knew he was in trouble and she watched him because she was mesmerized by the act and he misstepped and fell into the, the, the open cavern instead of just dunking himself. Mm-hmm. She went down there and that's when she sees said mythosaur. So now that's and Din potentially didn't see it. He's passed out drinking water. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Is so it? as much as I'm bringing about the pacing issues, there's some juicy content in here that I just absolutely devoured. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of Din Jardin's character this season? Do you think he's kind of like uh, a little lost? Do you think he's like just... Uh, uh, too gullible, naive, stupid. Like he seems very different than normal. Fatherhood, he fatherhood does, has changed him. He does in the sense that this has been papered up as this mission or this objective. In a way, I think the pacing changes that we've noted mean that we might get to where we actually should be going with him yeah. and seeing a little bit more proper development once he gets this bathing in the mines sorted right like the baptism sorted it's going to be interesting to see when he goes to the armorer and actually you know tries to convince her that he has atoned yeah he has done this like i'm i'm curious if if she's going to accept it or fight it or if that's going to cause tension with the other Mandalorians in the, in the tribe, that type of thing. And just a footnote as well. Emily swallow is the actress who plays the armor. She's at the Toronto comic con this upcoming weekend. Yep. So if you want to meet her or get her autograph or picture or whatever, selfie, whatever she's doing, I'm sure that you're going to be able to read that on the uh, Toronto Comic-Con site. So quick little shout out to all you nerds who want to go and be sweaty with everybody. Yep, exactly. There you <laughs> go. All right. <laughs> be sweaty with everyone. All right. Dank and Moist. Dank and Moist Comic-Con. Dank and Moist. All right, Phil, you know what time it is. I certainly do. It is time to visit us on our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. And I apologize for that because I'm off my pace. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, patreon.com forward slash SNME radio really anywhere that you find podcasts you're gonna find us 
you like what you hear, tell your friends and uh, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for that. And thank That's you. Nice. Thank you for spending the time with us. Yep. Uh, there seems to be an issue with the website right now. I don't know what the heck's going on. Uh, our, it says our account's suspended. And I'm like, what the hell? Um, so Ugh. I'll fix that, right? I think it's a resourcing issue again. Uh, but I'll deal with that. But go visit us. It's canonpodcast.com. Just subscribe everywhere. Uh, thank you again for listening to us, whether that's been the first episode or the hundredth plus episode that you're listening to. It really means a lot to all of us. We're the It's Canon Podcast, a show where we love to talk about all things, everything. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo. Mm-hmm.